Welcome to the Uncanny Coconuts with Coco Loco and Coco Palau discussing conspiracy facts, controversial theories, and crazy shenanigans. The show starts now. And welcome back to the Uncanny Coconuts. Well, so uh, today uh, we're going to be talking about uh, our favorite movies. Or, uh, you know, anything we like about you. movies, so it could be shows, doesn't matter. And uh, and we also have today special guest, a good friend, Jules. He's a hey. movie aficionado. Welcome, welcome to the show, Jules. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Yes, well, I know that, uh, yeah, in, uh, on, on Facebook, you are a great, you do great critiques on a bunch of shit. Uh, one of those is movies. Wait a and, second. You, uh, you actually read my, my reviews on Facebook? Because last time I heard that you couldn't read them. They were just two right. words. Right. I do. I only read the first few words because I fall asleep. <laughs> oh, yes. Usually. Oh, my God. It's it's more than four sentences. I can't do it. I can't uh, yeah. it. Exactly. Coco Loco, have you told them our email address? <laughs> oh, listen. I changed the email address. Now it's easy. Uh, oh, well, tell the old so one that, first. It's no, no. Don't tell the old one because people are gonna get confused. <laughs> we got it. We got it. Easy email address on cannycoconuts at gmail. That's it. Done. Boom. Mm. So uh, any comments anybody has, they can email at oncannycoconuts at email at gmail. And if you so, have any anything anything negative to say, always send it to Coco Loco. Yes, you can send it to Coco Loco. You can just yeah, send me anything Coco negative. Cool. He's a cool guy, but the, the Coco Loco guy. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you gotta have you gotta have a bad cop and a good cop all the time. Otherwise, you're not you're not gonna get shit done. Yeah, so, you see what you see so, you see what's happening with the bad cops in today's society. Just let just let you know it's probably not a good title. To have. <laughs> hey, that's a different just podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can we can get you in for that podcast. We'll, we'll talk about that. So the movies, okay, so. Let's start with. I, I'm gonna. I want to start with Jules because uh, let me give you a little backstory, a little back <laughs> thing about the. Uh, you know the crit the the critiques are very well done that that you do on on Facebook. They're they're very very specific, long, and you really get into you know describing what you love, what you hate about certain a movie or whatever, right, and. I would say 80% of the time, I disagree with you, right? Because that happens. <laughs> I think that, but you know. Do you disagree most... just to disagree? Or do you actually have a, a, a valid reason for disagreeing? No, it's not disagreement, actually. It, well, it's like, it's like well, his list of top five movies or top ten are not my are not necessarily my list. I think Usually his list... the reason is that he just doesn't have any taste. Exactly. So your your argument <laughs> is I don't have any taste. My argument is those are the worst movies in the world. You know, I have no <laughs> you have no taste. But you know, but you know what? This world is about diversity, and everybody can have their own opinions, even though even if they suck. So that's why we have you on the show because we <laughs> suck your opinions <laughs> <laughs> about about in this case movies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we can argue them. Hey, now we have a third. We have Coco Pelao, who can break the tie. 
he can actually say, oh, you know what? Boom and boom. Now we know. And then he can go. It, this can go either way. So uh, so I would like to start with Jules and find out, like, okay, what, what, what his movies of all time? Let's say let, let, uh, the top movie uh of 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 you know well i'm gonna i'm gonna be provocative and i'm gonna i i actually don't have a favorite single movie but i have two movies right now that i i strongly feel are tied for the my favorite movies ever and so it's a tie and i know one movie you can't handle um, because you've already mentioned it in, in past discussions. And I'm going to start right. off with that one because it is, it is a brilliant movie and is a strong anti-war movie um, starring uh, starring a cast of America's finest actors during their prime, I would say, or maybe approaching their prime. So they were young and raw and full of passion. And the script is brilliant. And the movie is brilliant, and it's by a director who who uh, has a very um, uh, it it's his reputation as a brilliant director is often uh, oh misconstrued, sure misconstrued because he's made he, he's not only did he make the finest movie Hollywood has ever given us with deer hunter which is tied for my first place but he's also known um as a director of one of the worst movies ever made which i don't think is that bad but which is heaven's gate he's because he's also made another brilliant movie in between called um the year of the dragon with mickey rourke and uh which is also a fabulous movie but it's not in the same category as the deer hunter which is simply a brilliant movie and we know that uh Coco Loco can't handle that kind of intensity, so we have well, to move well, on. What to was it. the name of the movie, guy? You built up the suspense, bro. I you said, said, oh, I oh, oh so, I thought I heard you say like Deer Hunter. No, the oh. Deer Hunter. The Deer Hunter. So, oh, okay. So, or, or, yeah, the so you're talking about Michael Michael Cimino? Is that Michael the director? Mike, Michael Cimino. Michael Cimino without an H. Yes, he's Italian. Well. I, I don't remember ever saying that I hate it. Or that no, I you said it was boring and meh, which is you, which it's it's you it's, probably it's not exactly the kind of movie that 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 you can get a you're right. meh out of. You're right. You're right. I probably right because we have I think we have different tastes in 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 cinema, and it's it's uh, you know to tell the truth, I saw this movie so long ago and I haven't seen it recently. But I remember that it was it wasn't a favorite of mine because maybe it wasn't the genre. It's not the type of movie that I even I know you were sci-fi buff, but I tend to go with the sci-fi action, you know, not the drama type of, you know, I'm sh- I, I just tell you the truth. I don't remember this movie, Deer Hunter. I remember it was a it was it's one of the top 20 movies. Um, uh, it's in the list of movies to watch because I read about it, right? But it's not one of my favorites, obviously. 
Oh, it's a brilliant, absolutely uh, riveting film. And, uh, and these guys were young. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah very young. 1978? 1978. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Academy Award uh, winner for best film. Okay. So. Uh, I think might, Nero won uh, best actor for that one, too, if I recall correctly. Well, you know what? Maybe that's a movie that uh, I should, uh, we should like watch again and see, you know, see it's, if uh, if it's really good because I can't remember. It's, it's definitely not the kind of movie that you want to watch if you really um, intend on doing anything else that day. <laughs> <laughs> you know? What is it? I would it put you into instant depression or it's. It's yeah. It's not exactly a pick me up movie, and it's not exactly family <laughs> friendly. Okay. Yeah, it's, you it's see. A, I, okay, heavy, let me give you the movie. beef. I give you. I give you my beef on movies because there are some movies like this one that are, you know, great acting and you know they, whatever they break ground in certain things. But if a movie doesn't make me, if it if it makes me feel depressed at the end. And it's they don't have to necessarily have happy Hollywood endings. I'm just saying, if a movie doesn't give you some kind of inspiration, uh, I tend I tend not to like it because I get down. Well, to me, the ending was beautiful. Um, it it wasn't a downer, but the movie itself is emotionally draining. I mean, it is a heavy movie. It is about mm. war. It's about friends grow up together in western pennsylvania and steel town you know and uh you know one of them gets married they get drafted they go to vietnam and the damage stuff that they and uh, uh live through in vietnam as a pow being tortured and then they come back and they have to deal with life after the war it's a heavy movie and and the casualties um that ensue afterwards you know it's right, a, it's right, right. it's a heavy film, but it's I thought it was really beautifully done. And even when I still see, it, I mean, you guys can go on YouTube and you can watch the fi- the, the final scene of, of the Deer Hunter, which um, will bring to, to me. It's always a tearjerker because it's so powerful. But I always think that it's um, it's also uh, shows the power of friendship uh, through power of true friendship through all the good and the bad. And uh, I think that was a beautiful part of the movie. I think that was the, the, the poignancy of the movie through three hours of real, like, gut-wrenching, emotionally uh, dreams. Yeah. Well, hey, you want to hear what's sad? I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> you, you all should be shot for not seeing yeah. that. Uh, I, I got to admit, it's, on my, it's been on my list because I've always heard, you know, like, oh, it's a very powerful movie. And I got it on my list of movies, you know, to watch one of these days. And I was actually going to watch it about three weeks ago, but then uh, I got tired. And I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll watch it when I got a little bit more energy. Um, but I haven't actually watched it yet. But I, I always it? heard good okay. things about it. So maybe, yeah, maybe we should watch it again. Uh, it wasn't memorable for me. So it, so maybe I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't. Uh, it, but it also is a, it's an older movie, isn't it? I mean, it's. 78 yeah it was a 78 movie you know. so probably you know yeah i mean, I mean, I mean I not think to probably, we would have yeah, seen but, it in the 80s 
Right. Yeah, also, not not, not to date ourselves. Yeah. Well, right. oh, not to date ourselves, but we're all yeah, young, like so, between so, ten yeah, and so, twenty. Some of us, yeah, some of us weren't <laughs> even teenagers. Um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, I saw it when I was, um, I think thirteen years old when I first saw it, and uh, it just left me just shot. Um, just shot and just oh uh, so it, just drained no just drained so maybe, really so maybe is this would you say this is one of those movies that actually like opened your eyes or that influenced uh, you it, it emotionally disturbed you in such a way where now you're a pessimist uh, um no I would, I would say no i say our friendship it definitely has caused that cynicism and pessimism <laughs> um <laughs> Oh man, that's uh, I, 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 it's good to hear that I'm, I'm such a great influence. <laughs> yeah, well, you just don't, you know, being friends with you, I realize there's no hope for mankind. But um, oh, we should have had you on our other podcast about the future, the bleak of, future, of... the bleak future of mankind. Yeah, well, oh, there yeah. is no future, so I would have summed it up in like 30 seconds. <laughs> it, does, uh, uh, it would have been a fast, uh, yeah, it would have been a fast one for you. Yeah, yeah so, really okay, so that one's good. Well, let's go with uh, what about Coco Pelao? What, about what, what, would be, what would be one of your favorites? Oh, I gotta admit, I, I, I wasn't prepared I for that because, yeah, it's hard because uh, I also I almost have favorites in different categories, like. My favorite comedy, my favorite, you know, sci-fi. Well, we yeah, yeah. So uh, just because yeah, yeah. there are so many, but I'm trying to think. My latest favorite, uh, or all-time favorite. Which which way do we? It want doesn't to? matter. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter really. I mean, you know, Julian likes to go back in time, but thanks for revealing my name on the air. Appreciate it. Oh, Jules. <laughs> oh, big difference. Come on, people wouldn't have been able to figure Julian from Jules. Jules, <laughs> Julian Jules. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I call I call I call him the gargantuan. So uh, just so that way nobody knows what's going on. That's because you're three feet tall. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll throw this one out there just because I it's one of those movies. Every time that comes on, I gotta watch it, even though I know the full movie, I know a whole ending. Um, I'm gonna go with the Matrix. Okay, that's a okay. That's, well, a, that's I mean, favorite, that's, that's, that's one of my yeah. But but side. you know what? I, I'll say this much: it isn't just for the movie itself. I mean, yes, everything is is pretty cool about the Matrix, but it's got a deep philosophical layer to it. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of onions to peel there that a lot of people who just watch it they they just see the special effects and you know. But it's I got a, agree. it's got a deep philosophical, you know edge to it which a lot of people don't realize and once you get into uh and i mentioned this i think in one of the previous uh one of our previous podcasts uh you know once you get into the whole movie and they have a whole series called the animatrix where they start talking about you know so it kind of brings together you know philosophy and the future and ai and you know how technology pretty much overcomes us and, and, and leads us to the part where we're in the matrix where technology is controlling us you know and again it's got a lot of facets to it so that I gotta say that's definitely one of my favorite movies 
I got every time it comes on, I got to see it. Uh, you know, and a lot of people don't realize the the, the philosophical backdrop and, and ideology. Yeah, I, 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 I got to agree with that because, it, you know, um, it doesn't matter what era, what decade uh, you're what what's going on politically in the world. That movie rounds up of what's really, you know, it's happening, and you know, people are. Some people are in the matrix, and then some people are awake. You know, some people are um, know that there's corruption everywhere, and there's a, you know, there's like a a, a truth that nobody can see in the mm -hmm. world, and then there's some people that just ride the wave, and then and they don't care about that stuff. They just want to like live their life and not have worry about those type of things and you know they they you know so i think living in the matrix has gotten you know has gotten like um it's a metaphor like everybody uses it everybody yeah. uses the phrase there, believe it or not there's even some spiritualism in there so uh uh put it this way one of the things that always surprised me my at the time my aunt who's not into sci-fi at all she is not uh and she had she was going through cancer at the time um she she's obviously uh passed by now but um you know so my aunt who's going through cancer loved the movie and to her it was all about the spirit the spiritualism and the philosophy and you know and and all those aspects it wasn't about you know the sci-fi and the guns and all that stuff for, to her And and right. I, we had a deep discussion about it, and it was again, it was very interesting. She showed me a lot of the stuff at the beginning at that time that I didn't even realize. I mean, I've realized it since then, but so yeah, good, well, good I thought it was very a very prescient, 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 prescient movie um, because it. I mean, this movie came out long before the the concept of of. Uh, which is basically mathematically proven, basically. There still has to be accepted by a consortium of scientists, but that we're living in a simulated reality, right? That basically mm -hmm. the universe is basically one big uh, simulation. Right. And mm -hmm. I love the fact that this movie basically said, you know, you're either plugged into a simulation or you're plugged in to what a reality is and you know the reality is a pretty dark grim one in the matrix right i mean it's not i mean their reality yeah. yep right is and uh it's kind of come come to fruition you either want you either want to stay locked away from media and live in your own bubble of your own your own uh made up universe of what makes you comfortable or you can you know take the red pill and uh you know Let's see how woke. far the rabbit hole goes as they say yeah yeah so i, th I think it's a it's a great choice it's a great film i really like that movie yeah that, that's a good choice i like it too uh because um yeah it, it goes with the uh what the reality of uh, it, there's a, a movie it wasn't that great uh but it shows the reality of someone uh eight millimeter which was, uh, what was the guy, um, what's this guy's name? Uh, Nicholas Cage. 
Nicholas Cage. Yeah, you know, he, I think he, I don't know if he was a detective or a cop, but, you know, the, there was, he was supposed to get into, he gets deep into this investigation where it drives him into like a rabbit hole of this underground, uh, illegal, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, drug uh, traffic, you know, people trafficking, all this, like all the stuff that's happening in real life that nobody knows about. He gets in, into it after he investigates and, and then you can see that's the real world. Eventually he notices, he, he finds out that everybody, nobody knows about the real world that's going on you know, in the, in the, in the background, uh, what controls, you know, what rich, the super rich is doing, corrupt people are doing and all the, all the, all these illegal things that the, the, the government and CIA, FBI can't even stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that's happening. It happens in today's, you know, we only live in a surface, uh, society. We only see the surface of everything. Unless you're a person who can can get into these realms of like dark realms of society, and then you see the real the real truth about shit, and then you get shocked. Some people can't take it. You know, it's like in, in the Matrix. One of the guys he didn't like the reality. One of the guys that would try to sabotage the whole thing. I forgot right. his name. Um, he tried to sabotage everything because he didn't want to live in the real world. He want to go back to the Matrix, right? Right, because he <laughs> he can never come to come to. Oh, I guess so. he couldn't never uh, accept. Accept. There you go. Yeah. Accept, accept the change. The yeah, because it was it was not a world that it wasn't worth living. So, you know, some people is worth living, even though it. And I think know. his name was Cipher in it. So yeah, so, I think okay. so. It's been a while since I've seen that movie, but I do. I um, I did thoroughly enjoy it, and I, it's one of those films that you're able to talk about for obviously for decades after you've seen it because it's always something interesting. Every time you go through a rewatch, you can find some little nuance or something. Absolutely, um, especially in the first film. The other two films, let's not even go there. But um, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and and I gotta as long as you brought it up. Uh, Julian, the the second one I film I still liked because it has a lot of the, uh, you know, it gets a little bit weird, but it, it gets it has a lot of more information and a lot more visuals. The third one I gotta admit I was I wasn't too happy about, but um, <laughs> but it's because uh, you know at that point you get used to all the special effects and all the crazy stuff that happens. If you think about it, it only happens when you're in the Matrix, um, and most of the third movie happens outside of the Matrix, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and so it's put it this way: we we, we can all agree that that uh, Matrix two and three are not in our top favorite movies. Ever. Correct. Correct. So right, right. Okay. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Right. So um, so I would we'll say I would say when it when it comes to I I love sci fi and even though there's a lot of drama and there's a lot of other movies that I've liked I like but they don't come to mind every time somebody asks me oh what comes to mind every your favorite movie or one of the best movies that you and always one comes to mind even though uh, I guess it made an impression on me it was a soundtrack it was not only the music but it was the the the, 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 the what the sci- you know it was a sci-fi movie it, it was the Blade Runner 
I was gonna say you're gonna say Flash Gordon or or Xanadu. <laughs> no. Wow, really? <laughs> I'm not that eccentric as you are. No, I'll never go there. But Blade Runner, for some reason, it made a good impression on me, and it was like one of the first AI movies about robots and the future. You know, you know the future of how robots can become human and take, you know, take over the the world, sort of. You know, like and. I, I just loved the movie. I loved the way it looked. Uh, directed by Ridley Scott. And, and uh, I loved the soundtrack. And I, another thing about it is that at the time, I remember um, years ago when I couldn't sleep. I, was, I, I had problems sleeping a lot. And then somebody told That's me, hey, why don't you, listen, why don't you listen to music or listen to something? Right? So somehow I... I got a hold of the soundtrack of Blade Runner because I just love the music. Do you, do, do you then, remember the artist who did the soundtrack? The soundtrack. I don't, I don't remember who did the soundtrack. He's also no. He's also seriously. He's no. I guess he made his big breakthrough within the Chariots of Fire soundtrack first, which is his name is Vangelis. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. There yeah. you go. That was a that was a award-winning, right? Oscar-winning movie, right? Chariots of Fire. Yes, it was best film and best soundtrack. And, that's yeah, the score. You know, it's not on my list. Yeah, I know. <laughs> not on my <laughs> list of movies. <laughs> but anyway, I loved the soundtrack, and that movie would the the music. I would put it on, and that thing would make me go into this fifth dimension. I mean, it would make me. It, I would go to sleep within five ten minutes, and just dream about like another other worlds or something like it was just so cool would you lean it would you dream of electric sheep electric robot good question <laughs> well you know it's based on that philip k dick novel right do androids dream of electric sheep right right based uh, on. there you go you caught that one I, Julian I, think it, I think it would it would he doesn't he doesn't it, read coco palau so it doesn't matter. I don't. I don't read. Well, I I, I read a little bit. Yeah. He reads if it's in a movie. I love. I love the. the, the what's the uh, Russian writer about robots? Arch, Ar, Ar, Arthur C. Clarke. No. No. Arnamov. Uh, I forgot his name. The one who did the uh, the, the three laws of of, oh. of robotics. Um, what, what what was? Um, I, now I forgot his name. I know who you're uh, talking about, though. I mentioned them. Uh, uh, three laws of robots. Asimov. Asimov. Isaac Asimov. Mm-hmm. Yeah, him. I love his stories. Mostly the short stories, right? But most movies, <laughs> most robot movies are based on... What are you laughing at? It's just funny that you would say, I love the short stories, because we know you have a thing with length. <laughs> yes, Right. If it's a, if it's as long as, if it's a long as book, I probably won't get through it. <laughs> it doesn't need to be a long ass book to be a good story. That's so, true. But, but a lot of movies, I like iRobot. And I mean, yeah, that's I, a good I movie. Think, I like that movie. If I, if I start naming a bunch of movies, his 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 philosophy of AI, uh, a lot of people have incorporated into their other future movies sci- sci-fi and everything um 
So uh, that that would be that's why I most of my list would probably be act. Sci-fi well, it's action. definitely one of my favorite sci-fi movies for sure, without a doubt. Absolutely, that's yeah, another think, one that I, yeah. Every time it's on, I'm watching TV and it happens to be on, I get sucked into it again, and I got off. I got to finish watching it. Well, you see, uh, Andy mentioned the soundtrack and everything, which is interesting because he's obviously he obviously loves the theatrical release. Uh, I don't think you've you've obviously haven't seen the, the the director's cut because Ridley Scott hated the soundtrack, and in his version, which I have both versions, mm. and we're talking about uh, we're talking about uh, Blade Runner again, Blade right? Runner, right? Yeah, just, yeah. For a second, I got confused. Just wanted to verify. I mean, yeah, Ridley Scott was uh, first of all, he and Harrison Ford did not get along um, on the on the film set too much, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, and he didn't like the Vangelis soundtrack at all. So in, in Ridley Scott's director's cut, which I recommend you guys watch, because it's a very different ending. Um, the ending's different, and there is no soundtrack. Really? So there's no soundtrack. Yeah, it's so very different. It's, yeah, just... yeah, it's oh. interesting. Um, hmm. oh. Is it more powerful? I think in, in some ways, uh, because the Vangelis soundtrack was so new agey, and and uh, very ethereal. It didn't uh-huh. really convey the grittiness of that life. Of what he wanted and, uh, portrayed. Yeah. So there is a distinct difference between the beautiful music and the grunge of the city portrayed. I guess it was Neo Tokyo, right, or something like that. I guess the, the city was never really explained what city it was in, if I recall correctly. But it's obviously mm-hmm. a hybrid of Tokyo, futuristic Tokyo, and Hong Kong, and New York, right? So, right, it's um, uh, dark and dingy, and overpopulated, and you know, full of street food and who knows what other kind of hybrid diseases yeah. that linger there. Always but, wet and but, rainy. Yeah, it, it was, but it was... uh, the the soundtrack never really showed that dark side though. You know, and I think that's the reason why I happen to prefer the director's cut. Um, but it's still worth watching because the, the ending is actually different. So uh, you guys should check that out. Yeah, definitely. Oh my God, now I have to check it out because I don't yeah. remember the yeah, different. You rent it from iTunes. I think it's up for rent. Um, and I don't know if it's available. The director's cut is available on Netflix or anything. I I, I have both versions, so. I, I can watch a minute if I want. And after mm-hmm. after COVID, you guys can come over and watch it. But you know, that's at least <laughs> but not not before, yeah. not before. <laughs> Actually, oh, I, 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 I I was gonna say I just pulled up some information. The, I just realized. So instead, uh, the plot of it it's supposed to be happening in 2019, in the year 2019, in Los Angeles. It, uh, it actually, okay. At least yeah. that's the, what, what the Wikipedia says. Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah, I could understand that because it's a very multicultural city even now, and so there's a, you know, but I never picture LA as being a heavy Asian presence like San Francisco. So, and since that movie has mm. such, a, it, it it just looks like it's in Tokyo. It was, it was so much Asian. I think in. it was, yeah, it was probably like a what is it a little little China type of part of town maybe that they were he was right. in yeah and that, but, that movie came out of what 81 right 82 80. yeah so it's uh it's interesting because i i was gonna say uh, you know uh, well the other thing that kind of popped out at me is 
you know, it came out in 82 and what they figured the future was going to be like. And I mean, we're in 2020 and it looks nothing like. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's talk about that uh, now that we're you know we'll, you know we went into a couple of sci-fi movies, but I I always bugs me that uh, when when we have a um, when they have a movie about the future, they put a date to it, and sometimes, um, I mean, most I, I would say ninety nine percent of the time it it doesn't come true as as f- like the 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 place doesn't we don't look you know anything like like, like what they yeah right, the, the advancement is not really that bad even though there's certain technology that might have happened but uh it, it really you know and and they keep doing it even well, in today's times where we can predict maybe what the how long it would take for us to go to mars or us to have electric cars or floating car they still have a date that is unrealistic it's like why well, would they do I think that? You're, you're, I mean, I can understand your point of view if you're thinking in the singular linear timeline, right? But if you're the beauty of science fiction is that you have multiverses. So who knows? Twenty forty five in that particular universe is not the same as twenty forty five in our universe. Yeah, right? but the most not, of the know, sci-fi movies don't mean, don't they don't specify if it's a multiverse. Deep. Well, the, the, the beauty of sci-fi is that anything is possible. So you don't have to relate it to your actual environment. Yeah, but what I love about sci-fi movies is that, to me, it's a, it's, it's a possibility of our own reality, of our own, this, of, of this timeline, of our own yeah. timeline. Really? Because Star yeah. Wars is universally loved, and there's no way any of that could ever happen in any of our reality. Well, I mean, Star Wars was way out there. Right. Well, yeah, about, I'll tell you what about... I do like about it. Um, even though they, they don't always, you know, capture the future in its completeness. Because look at another one, Back to the Future. You know, I, I, Back to the Future, the second, the second Back to the Future, they supposedly go into the future. They're supposed to be going back into, uh, I think it was the, the year 2015. Right. Um, you know, and they had the flying yeah. hoverboards and, you know, the right. song, the hologram uh, ad signs and all this stuff. And obviously, we're, you know, we're in 2020 and we don't got any of that stuff. But I will say, let's go back a little bit further. Uh, I will say that it, I think it does kind of push humanity uh, to, to strive for more of that future. And, and I know I tend to be a little bit optimistic, but look at, for example, Star Trek. You know, the original Star Trek was in you know, 1969, I believe, way back there. And it, and it had all these concepts, you know, uh, chips, uh, communicator, uh, you know, the tricorder. And, uh, you know, and, and now let's, let's be honest, let's go fast forward to... You know, now, a lot of that technology that was depicted uh, in props in, in the old Star Trek is available, and, and we do have it. Yes, we don't have warp drive, and we don't have, uh, you know, a lot of spaceships. Right. But, you know, the the tricorder, the, you know, we have the smartphone, which does most of what the tricorder and the communicator did. Uh, we oh, have- and not only that, like simple stuff, simple stuff like the door. Like the doors opening by the by the uh, by themselves when the show came out, I was I was watching some 
thing about the uh, you know behind the scenes, right? Right. And I remember, I remember there was a big deal about uh, like the, the 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 producers and the directors, like the, when they started doing the show, uh, what someone wanted the doors to open by themselves, and they were going, "How? Why would they do that? The do doors, they won't do that unless you push a button or something like." Uh, door, we would never have that. Right, you know, that, right. <laughs> you, and I, I'm like, I'm like, we have, we've had that for years. When you walk into a store, the doors open automatically. Yeah. Or hey, you look know? at uh, look at Alexa. Uh, you yeah, know what? Yeah. In, in in the show, they had a computer, and they would ask the computer, "Hey, you know what's this and what's going on?" And and computer do this and do that, and we could all do that at home right now. Right. Right. You know. So. Right. Which and, is actually pretty terrifying to me. It is. But, yeah. What part? Oh, because he he's against. AI. Or just the oh. fact that they're listening, or the fact that we can. Yeah, the always listening part. Yeah, man. Right. Well, no, I I could understand that, but but let's be honest, the technology can only work that way. You know, it's it's, it's like you know, right. something has to listen to 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 know when to activate the word or when to. Oh, I'm being issued a, a command. You know what I mean? Um, I know. Unless you had a button that you said, "Hey," you know. Hey, listen off. to me. Which they they should provide that option, but, the the, but then is, it, is, that, is that information getting to the hands of the wrong people? Right, and that's all too easy in in a, in, a, in a digital world. But that's another episode of your show. Yeah, that's that yeah, that's a yeah, whole. That... We we definitely should do that. There's just some privacy and because uh, I'll be honest, uh, uh, Julian, I'm one of those people that <laughs> you know I, I definitely understand that because I worked in the IT field for many years, so I understand the security the security. And the privacy concerns. Uh, for me, though, unfortunately, I'm like, yeah, but I'm not trying to hide anything. I mean, they really yeah, want all that information. That's, that's I'm not saying that you are, by the way. I'm just saying that yeah. I don't, I don't care well, I am. what they, right, what they <laughs> learn about me through that. But uh, you know, I may regret it. <laughs> but I, I definitely yeah. get it. I guess, I guess it's there. There is a a, a concern. A, well, it's, uh, it's privacy because well, let's be honest. Issue. Right, there's a privacy issue, but you know what? You have opt-in for years. We have opt-in. Oh yeah, I, I was just going to mention to our privacy in so many different ways that uh, I mean, really, to opt out right now, you have to go off grid. You really have to live sure. in a in a different type of world. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, you will have to leave your house, leave all your computers. Uh, behind you Smart know watch, and then, Apple and then, phone. And then, yeah and <laughs> then go go live with uh, some omish family i mean this is the only way yeah sounds to, kind uh, of appealing to me though oh go ahead <laughs> <laughs> i'll send you letters i'll send you a regular letter you can't even written. write yeah I, 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 you can't even write please <laughs> listen but, i'll type it i'll type it and print it out and then uh, i'll send it to you he'll, he'll have his smartphone dictated yeah. So oh yes. So I'll the government. <laughs> so the government don't know exactly what he's sending you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even have to type it, and they'll spell. They'll spell check it and everything. Print it out. I'll send it to you. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good idea. But 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 uh, when it comes to Star Trek, uh, they still, you know, I think it's their timeline is based in like twenty two hundred or twenty three hundred, like it's still a hundred, one hundred fifty, two hundred years away. Right. So that's. We still haven't. So we're on you know, pace for Star Trek. We're on, we're on pace, kinda. I, I think it's still not enough time, because they 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 have like warp drive and, and well, well, you know, colonized. theoretically, 
they've they've uh, theoretically they've made the or not made, but they've identified that uh, the warp drive is theoretically possible, and and what it takes, we just don't have the power source to power that yet. Right, which which once we become a uh, level two society, we'll have be able to harness the energy of the sun enough to be able to, and energy of the stars to be able to become galactic. And that's when, that's when we're going to be able to go out there. All right. Well, real quick, I wanted to, I wanted to add about the privacy that, uh, and, uh, to, to Coco Pelao's point about us giving away our privacy, you know, look, look at something like Gmail, you know, a lot of people don't realize it, but, most of us have Gmail Gmail accounts, right? And we use Google Drive or Apple. Um, we signed away our rights years ago. Uh, years ago. I remember when Gmail first came out and everyone was up in arms. Oh, they can they can see what your you know, yes, they're they're only seeing your email to see what to advertise to you with. But it is right there in their docs. And, and um, you know, one thing that I know I always tell Coco, Coco Loco is that, uh, you know, if, if you're getting services for free, it's not free. They're paying for it with your data. Yeah. And that's one thing a lot of people don't realize. And a lot of people get really, oh, why isn't Gmail working? It's like, dude, you're, you're not paying a single cent for this. You know, if you were if you were paying for it, out of your own pocket, I, I I understand you can't be more upset about it, but there's a free service that they're selling your data to get. So which is which is why I, I, I loathe Gmail and I don't I try not to use it. <laughs> yeah. Well what do you usually use for email? I have my own email accounts, you know. But so, but who who services them? Like uh, if, if you don't mind. Well I have my iCloud account, right? So Apple, but that's okay, encrypted. so that's Apple. And that, and that's locked into Apple. Apple doesn't share your, your information at all. Right. Um, so I feel fine with that one. Outside of Apple. My own, outside of Apple, I have my own host. Right, but I'm saying Apple site. doesn't share your information outside of Apple. Outside of Apple. I'm <laughs> fine with them. I'm fine with them, them keeping information within Apple because basically I'm only buying Apple products. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not being abused. Right. But uh, the fact that Alphabet, you know, Google's owner has basically said, we can do whatever we want with your information. And if we need to sell it, we will. It's a little bit more problematic. for me. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole other issue entirely. We were talking about great movies and you guys have some great selections. Yep. I'm, even surprised <laughs> that, that I'm, I'm surprised that Coco, Coco Loco actually mentioned a good movie so far. I, was, I thought he was going to oh. give me this, you know, the, the, the Furious, the Fast and the Furious movies, or some crap like that. Oh my God! Well, I thought I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna start saying all your other weird movies like uh, Midnight Run. That's a great one of movie. My favorite films. One of your favorite films, Midnight Run. Yeah. I mean, it was like I think uh, Robert De Niro's first comedy, and it was like so awkward. It was so awkward. Yeah, you probably fun. You obviously haven't seen that movie. I. What do you mean? Well, I saw it a long time ago. I remember exactly. I, I, I'm trying to exactly. remember, but yeah, no, no. We, I remember that it wasn't that funny. It wasn't that funny or or that great. It's a very. Funny. I mean, I, and it's a oh very touching. Movie. There's some oh, very it's good, touchy and funny. Very good dramatic scenes in there. Very powerful scenes. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, but we're not, you know, so we have the deer hunter, we have uh, the matrix and matrix. we have Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Yeah. It's Blade Runner. a theatrical release. Okay. Good choices. And, and by the way, Coco Loco, I just, re- I just uh, Googled the, uh, uh, the midnight run. It actually got a 94% on the tomato meter and an 87% audience score. Oh yeah. my that's, god! That's again. He has no taste. That's exactly my whole point. A movie that's universal, basically universally, universally loved. He has like, oh, I don't know. Doesn't have people shooting bang bang whiz whiz. I don't like it. Uh, you know what? Uh, there's other movies that you like that are. I don't know. I, I, we don't have time to go into. I don't I think we got remember time some to of them, into. but you know, we have a good. So far, it's so good. So what's yeah. next? So what's next? What are the movies? Yeah. Uh, well, I have. Was, I, was that- oh, there's. There, this is one that you hate, and that I loved. This is one, uh, which is Bicentennial Man. Oh. The Bicentennial Man with uh, Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember. I think you didn't like it too much. I didn't like it. And, I didn't uh, hate it. It's and and, and it, it it did terrible at the box office. I don't think it did well. And uh, the, the, the trailers were horrible because it did not portray the movie. If, if it, had, it had better promotion, I think it would have done better. But I, I, it was a surprise to me when I saw it. When I first saw it, I was like, I thought it was going to be a stupid comedy. And it ended up being this epic, uh, you know, sci-fi, sci-fi gem. I mean, it was like, it was so good. Um, and at the end, it was just, it made you feel in, in, inspired, you know? And uh, that, that's why I liked it. Because I guess it was a surprise. I had low expectations of it. And and, and, and then it, it ended up being um, a great movie to me, you know? Uh, Robin Williams generally makes, almost all his movies are really good. He has some duds in there, but... You know, if he's if he's in a movie, he generally has some sort of uh, redeeming quality to it. Jack was not one yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah, You know, he's he's made some very good and very provocative movies too. He's made some very disturbing films. So uh, that's uh, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. In, no, in I the, agree with that. The one I think of that's really portrayed him as a really disturbed one he uh well he did a photo photo booth i remember it, it where he was a film developer and he's obsessive that one was really disturbing and as was his role in a great movie that people often forget um insomnia with al pacino uh fantastic mm. movie uh where he plays a, a psycho in that too well worth watching the Cider uh, House Rules had Tobey Maguire, Charlize Theron, and I can't believe I can't believe that he was a he was like this comedian who got some TV show and then became this superstar actor, A list actor. I remember his it's a, I mean, his first his first movie after Mork and Mindy, um, if I recall correctly, was a dramatic role before he did uh, Popeye. I think, or maybe no, it was Popeye, 
and then he did the world according to Garp, which was a comedy. Oh drama. yeah. Oh yeah, that, that's, that's a, what made that's him. a fantastic movie. That's a yeah. Really I remember that movie. one. You know, you know, for some reason, I uh, thinking back the one scene I always remember, and that it always bothered. It was kind of like it bothered me, but it fascinated me. The scene where his wife. Uh, yeah, was, the car scene. Yeah, <laughs> the car scene, right? He would always glide in, and he wound up hitting the car, and like she's in a neck and, brace. And she killing was his son. Yeah, his son died in it. That, that's, oh yeah, I didn't even remember that. I just remember yeah. the wife and what she was doing. So wait, the son was in the car. Yeah. Oh. Did you remember the whole thing was he loved to glide into the driveway with his sons, making that they were in the car. Oh, so someone was in the car with him, right? So the sons were in the car with him, and they didn't have their seatbelts on at the time. And he drove mm. right into the driveway, and bam. Oh, the, the, the movie you're talking about, by the way, we were talking about China, is not Cider House Rules. Cider House Rules is with my, Michael Caine. Uh, Dead Poet Society was what we were talking about. Oh, the Dead Poet ah, Society. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know yep. why I know this stuff, but I, I, like, I've, nev I've, not, I've never seen Cider House Rules. I just remember this stuff. Yeah, you have like some kind of a photographic memory, probably because of the gargantuan uh, syndrome that you suffer from. Well, again, and you your know, brain is just a little bit bigger than human size, so it could be. It's a large brain compared to you know your three foot tall version. Yes, <laughs> yeah, we understand the missing link. You know? <laughs> you know, uh, I'm a little bit taller than three feet. I just I don't want I don't want this information to okay, I don't want this information. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna give it a two hours. So uh, okay, so okay, so uh, any other main major movies that uh, we want to cover? Well, you know, a movie that uh, I, I I first time I went to see it, I didn't think much of it. I, I was like on a double date. And I loved it, and it's, it's one of my favorite movies. Is uh, uh, what is Forrest Gump? Mm -hmm. Oh, Forrest Gump. Yeah, Forrest Gump. I guess that, is, that was it's one of those movies that that uh, if it's on, you just keep on watching it. Yeah, yeah, it's timeless. It's a timeless yeah. film. It's Absolutely. not one of my favorite movies. I, I mean, I find it very entertaining and captivating. Like every time it's on, I, I'm like everyone else. I have to watch it, but I wouldn't. Right. It wouldn't be the best movies of all time. It's just one of those movies that you have to watch. Right, right. And yeah, no, I wouldn't say best movie of all, but I, it's always entertaining. It always, again, sucks me in. It always, uh, like, mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of it is just the the parallel, you know, that you have this this guy who's basically, you know, uh, literally under intelligent. You know, he's not very intelligent, and but he has the most spectacular life. And mm -hmm. uh, and I like uh, that's one thing I like about certain movies, especially comedies, that um, when they give you sort of like, you know the the antihero, uh, but like all this great stuff happens to, to them, and it's just sort of serendipitous, you know. Like yep. uh, <laughs> I always enjoy that. Like you know, one of my favorite scenes is when he's in the in the army, and you know, and, and he's and he's talking about oh, you know, I I don't know why, but everything just. I just felt like a pea in a pod, and they show him, and it's like uh, finishing putting together the gun. It was like, <laughs> you know, it's like, God damn it, Trump. He's like, I'm done, Sergeant. He's like, God damn it, Trump. 
Why'd you put your guns together so fast? Cause you told me to, sir. Like, God damn it, girl, you're gonna be a general someday. I'll take it apart and do it again. Yes, yeah, sir. And you know, he just does it. He just yep. does it. But but it's awesome. It's awesome storytelling. I I agree. It's a it's a it's a really entertaining film. And I to me the the my I mean Tom Hanks is good in the movie, but um, Sean Penn's wife I forget her name now. Oh yeah. Ooh. Uh, she was brilliant in it. She's absolutely brilliant in that movie. So uh, yeah, but what a pain she was. Oh my god! Nah, but but you know what? I like the fact that it's like you know, she had her own demons, and she you know, and and she stayed true to herself, uh, yep. though it was at at her cost, you know. But that was a, a nice contrast to you know, to Trump. I mean, not to Gump. Trump to Trump. <laughs> to, to Trump. I met Gump, <laughs> who was an idiot, but you know everything worked out for. <laughs> so wait, wait, what did you say about Trump? He was I said, an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> I said Gump, Forrest Gump. He was an idiot, but everything worked out for him. But it's not too far from Trump. <laughs> yeah, not too far. Yeah, because he everything is working out for him. Yeah, even though he's clueless. But I mean, the thing about Forrest Gump that I really liked was how I thought they handled AIDS in a very sensitive way mm -hmm. and oh, yeah. took took out the scare factor or the homophobic factor out of it by having a straight woman contract the disease and so I really thought that part of the movie was just very beautifully done yes yeah. and um and very tastefully done and, I, and so I always um I'm drawn in to the part those particular scenes that I, I may not be a smart man but I know what love is yeah, yeah. Hey, those those items were were very. I mean, I, I ain't gonna lie. Uh, that one of the things I liked about it is, uh, you know, it's very touching at certain points. I would get teary eyed, yeah. or, or when he was yeah. crying because he was like, uh, when she first showed him his son. Yeah, and, and she's and like, is, is, is he just is like he me? Smart, right? Is he like me, or is he smart? Yeah, you know, and, and he yeah, can recognize really, it. So yeah, very touching. Really beautiful movie. Yeah, that's a, that's a good choice too. Yeah, my other oh choice, I believe. Uh, I have a that is a movie that you guys would probably like. Well, I don't think Coco Loco is going to like it because he doesn't like good movies. But <laughs> um, it's a movie that's tied tied for first place with The Deer Hunter. And it is a another war movie. This time it's about World War II. And it's Saving Private Ryan. Oh, which yeah, I think is um, an absolutely riveting, um, emotionally draining film. But so so good, and every yeah. time that's on, I have to watch it. Yeah, and and another uh, movie Thanks. with uh, our sir here. Uh, I can't remember. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, right? Yeah, yeah. it was all right. See, that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> what I would say. <laughs> didn't have enough cursing. Didn't have enough. Uh, you know, it, it had too many guns this time. It didn't have enough mafioso or drug dealers, so or fast cars. We need to have fast. Oh, it, it was okay. It was all right. <laughs> that, was, that was a good movie, and and it, uh, you know, I I know even sometimes like you know, watching a lot of these movies like that, like in a nice sound system, it really just takes you there. You know, I mean, I I think it's safe to say that none of us have have been in war, right? So, um, you know, gotta admire the people that 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 are. 
you know, fight for their country and they go out there and they sacrifice themselves and they got to be in the middle of that shit storm, dodging yeah. bullets and, you know, saving carcass, saving their asses. So. I mean, Spielberg made two amazing movies about World War II that are incredibly emotionally draining, but powerful films, you know, and uh, can't, uh, can't ignore them. Well, that was... And and Seven Part of Ryan, that was like the big the, the the opening scenes were all these guys dying at at the at the yeah at the shore landing yeah the Normandy yeah. landing and which uh, was which was happy. very uh, it was uh, right off the bat it, the, the, the movie makes you nervous because of the shaking yeah. of the camera the shaking I mean, of the camera off, which... it starts off really slow with the graveyard the, the the cemetery scene right and then once he goes into recollecting everything it literally doesn't let up for the next three hours right it's just you know the, the brief pauses are moments of respite in the movie i can think of i only think of one which is when they were talking at nighttime when they were sleeping when when they got to that kind of castle or structure for the night but then everything else after that was just hell and, and, mm -hmm. and torturous you know and but i think that's the reality of life and combat is that there is no respite maybe now that 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 uh, a lot of the wars are being fought remotely by drones and by missiles as opposed to hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat it's different now maybe they have greater moments of of, of silence in 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 during war movements but back then it was, you know, as the, is basically as far as a bullet will travel, right? Which is a quarter of a mile. Right. Uh, that's that's the only moment of peace you have. <laughs> so it's 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 a whole different world back then, and it's just so powerful. Mm. Yeah, I wonder what's worse to have that type of war or having a war that's remote and that uh, you don't see it coming, or well, you know, uh, you, I think most most remote most of the wars now that are being fought. I, I'm not. I mean, I'm not there, but based based on the American uh, propaganda, which is what I would call it, it's you know they're taking out structural stuff, not people. Right. Right. So they're taking out supply chains to limit movement of people. Yeah, that's as, what. That's as, that's what we see. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's based on, on American propaganda. That's what's happening. Obviously, when you look at footage on Al Jazeera or BBC, uh, you see a whole different world where there's just tons of casualties, but most of the casualties now are civilians as opposed to military casualties. So right. I think it was a different scene, whereas back then, there was just a lot of soldiers dying, yeah. you know, and, and, and a lot of a lot of civilians dying too, but there were a lot of soldiers. Just there were, there were both, both people. There was a lot of people loss and yeah. structure loss. And structure there was, there loss. was both. Right. There was both. I I, I remember there was a, a an old Star Trek from the original Star Trek series. There was an old Star Trek episode where they landed in this uh, planet where uh, it was very calm, right? And uh, Captain Kirk and Spock, oh, I think they I went know to see. About. Yeah. They went to see the uh, head of whoever was the head of the planet or whatever to talk Is to that them. One with the, and they, the Nazis, they were, were in charge. 
no, no, no. It yeah. was it, it was a future it was a future city. It was a future planet. But they 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 were they were in the middle of a war, right? But you couldn't tell they were in the middle of the war because everything was pristine, everything was perfect. Yeah, and I think and if, like, actually, if they blew up something, then the people had a report right. to kill themselves or something. Yeah, because yeah, all the war was virtual, right? So it was a, a virtual remote war. So it was pretty much like a, a, a game. So mm-hmm. if one country would blow up another country, uh, then that country had to just the whoever wherever the bombs fell, wherever the the target was, whoever whatever the casualties was, they had to report somewhere yeah those people had had a report to like a a killing facility where they would die because Uh, the game was destroyed well captain what can we do for you my mission is to establish diplomatic relations between your people and mine that is impossible would you mind telling me why because of the war you're still at war we have been at war for 500 years. You conceal it very well. Please, excuse me. Bendikar is attacking. May I Computers, Captain. They fight their war with computers, totally. Yes, of course. Computers don't kill a half a million people. Deaths have been registered. Of course, they have 24 hours to report. To report? To our disintegration machines. You must understand, Captain. We have been at war for 500 years. Under ordinary conditions, no civilization could withstand that. But we have reached a solution. Then the attack by Vendikar was theoretical. Oh, no. Quite real. An attack is mathematically launched. Our civilization lives. The people die, but our culture goes on. You mean to tell me your people just walk into a disintegration machine when they're told to? We have a high consciousness of duty, Captain. There is a certain scientific logic about it. I'm glad you approve. I do not approve. I understand. And everybody was opting into this type of society. They were like, oh, well, I guess, you know, I have to die because I died, you know. But they did that so they can preserve the structural city. So nothing gets destroyed. Only if there's some casualties, then those people would sacrifice themselves for just to keep the structural of society uh, instead of trying to rebuild and spend all that resources and money to rebuild nothing would get destroyed you see how that totally ties into what's going on today with COVID-19 yeah that uh, <laughs> people people are dying people are reported to go and, and, and send them off to schools send teachers back to work don't worry about safety precautions let them die and uh, we'll, keep, we'll keep the economy going same thing Right, keep the economy going, sacrificing the people so that way. Yeah. Right, right, and who and who and who benefits? Who benefits? Only the the one percenter. Yeah. The one percenter is really who benefits, right? I re- I don't remember how the uh, Star Trek episode ended. 
I don't remember. I think because, uh, I th- I think because um, I uh, and I'll probably have to look it up, but I, I I believe what happened was at the end that they they somehow destroyed the computer. So it was like so it was like, hey, you guys got to get your hands dirty now if you if you want to fight a war. You realize what you have done? Yes, I do. I've given you back the horrors of war. The Vendikins will now assume that you've broken your agreement and that you're preparing to wage real war with real weapons. They'll want to do the same. Only the next attack they launch will do a lot more than just count up numbers on a computer. They'll destroy your cities, devastate your planet. You, of course, will want to retaliate. If I were you, I'd start making bombs. Yes, Councilman, you have a real war on your hands. You can either wage it with real weapons, or you might consider an alternative put an end to it make peace i mean if you get to the point of virtual war i mean really what you want to get to the point is of peace is of unity if if it's it's a of compromise not you know it's not sacrificing yourself because okay well you know Mm-hmm. Okay, and actually, I found it. It's uh, it was actually the twenty third episode of the first season. It was called "A Taste of Armageddon." Um, and yeah, the plot is that they travel to a MNER seven, bringing ambassador, blah blah blah, and that they're in, at war with a neighboring planet. And uh, oh, a neighboring planet! A neighboring planet, mm-hmm. right? So not even on the same planet. And during the, they get attacked, and during the attack, they explain that the war is conducted as a computer simulation, and that the Enterprise has been destroyed in the attack. So, everyone from the Enterprise has to report oh, to get killed. See? Oh, and they, they, uh, Captain Kirk said, "No way, man! Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna commit suicide." That's the man that pulled off the the Kobayashi Maru. That's right. Oh my God! Yeah, but that's a good—that's a good thing too for the future. Oh, yeah, and, uh, and hey, happen. and in the end, uh, Kirk destroys the war simulation computers. Yep, just like I remembered. Mm. There you go. Okay, well, that's uh Yeah, we went off we on a tangent there, but uh, we can wrap up on uh, our f- one of our few favorite movies. You gonna wrap it? Uh, you gonna wrap yeah. it, or are you gonna mention a few favorite movies? No, no, no. Oh, what they? No, we mentioned them already. All right, we're good. No, well, uh, 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 you haven't done your second, and neither has Coco Pelo. Second, did I? Why well, my no, second I was Forrest? I mentioned Forrest. Oh, Forrest Gump. Gump, yeah, yeah. What oh, yeah. about you? Well, um, I mentioned the Bicentennial Man, and uh, I mean, I have a few other ones. Oh, yeah, that oh, yeah, I, you, that you, I, yeah. You did mention Bicentennial Man, and and. Um, he actually surprised me. We actually had tasteful movies today. So, <laughs> Late runner, only one. <laughs> Maybe we'll do we'll do another episode and we we'll get come up with a, a a list. We do top five and we'll just mention our top five and then that's it. Everybody has a top five. Right. And see what happens. Oh, good. At least I'll, I'll write uh, them down now. Well, thank you uh, for joining, Jules thank de Gargantua. Yes. Okay, you're welcome. And like then, that. and then we'll maybe, hopefully, you can uh, hop on on the next, on the next 
podcast All right, critique. Sounds good. All right. See you later. Take care, Jeff. Bye. Bye bye. Bye.